Okay. Can you hear me okay? Ah, yeah, that's good. Uh, My name is Roger. I'm the pastor or the minister at Henley Baptist Church. Uh, I am married to one wife, Diana, and uh, we have been married for 38 years, um, coming up 39, and um, we've been in Henley-on-Thames for 13 years, and I've been part of Oxfordshire Community Churches for about 32, I think it is now, 32 years, and um, so it's lovely to be here on a Sunday morning. This is the first time I have spoken on a Sunday morning at Oxfordshire Community Church in this building. But I've been here many times, so I feel at home here, and I know many people uh, in the congregation. I have even been there when some people in the congregation met Jesus and got born again the day they were born again. So I feel really at home. I'm a little bit nervous. I have to say, I'm a little bit nervous, um, so if, if I stumble in a few words, please forgive me, but, but I'm nervous because I want the life and the love of God to be communicated and reach into people's hearts, and I want people to go away and be different. I'm not so worried whether you like me or not. <laughs> My biggest heart is that God is communicating, the life of the Spirit gets communicated Let's try and um, talk on this topic that I've sort of made up. I didn't sort of couldn't I grapple with this title. Being confident and bold to step out with Jesus. And I'm going to read in a minute from uh, Joshua chapter 1 and verse 1 to 9. But um, a f- few years ago, many years ago in fact, um, Di and I went to Toronto uh, and we went up... Um, this, uh, oh dear, I've done this before, let's try again. Mm, I've lost it. Ah, oh, very good, thank you. This time I won't touch the wrong screen. So we went up the CN Tower in Toronto. Don't know if, and yeah, has anybody been here? Put in your hand if you've been to the CN Tower. Oh yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, something like that. Um, the CN Tower in Toronto. And um, we were staying with some friends there in Toronto, and they said, we're going to take you up the CN Tower, but we've got to find a day that's really uh, clear and bright so you get your great views and everything. And um, there's something uh, we always encourage our friends to do, and the guy sitting down says, I've never been able to do it myself, but on the uh, tower, on that sort of bit, three-quarters of the way up, white bit, there's an area of glass where you can look down, all the way down, and see um, there's a big stadium, and you can see these tiny, tiny people as you look down, he says. So um, when you get up there, make sure you walk out on the glass. So I said, oh, great, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So anyway, I got up to the glass, and uh, got up to the edge of the glass, and I was about to put my foot on the glass bit, and suddenly my stomach went all queasy and weird and I went no I can't and and I couldn't actually do it and I thought this is stupid I had my son there my youngest son there I had my wife there and it was a a morning so there wasn't lots and lots of people it wasn't too crowded and uh, so I thought this is stupid I've got to I've got to do this and so I go I went let's just let's just do it Roger 
And as I tried again, same reaction. I couldn't do it, you know, so I was trying to persuade myself. And I thought, what if I close my eyes? So I closed my eyes and I gave myself a little lecture. Roger, that glass has had possibly millions of people walking on it already. Secondly, that glass has been tested before it put in. They would put it under tons of weight to make sure the glass was stable. Thirdly, the concrete that you're standing on now is probably not as strong as the glass. (laughs) And just because you can see through it, don't let your eyes tell you that fear is what you should be feeling. So just do it. And so after my little talk, I stepped out on the glass like that. And then I thought, now I've got to open my eyes. <laughs> so I opened my eyes. And, and, but I was on the glass. So I then began to walk on the glass. You know. And then it was all right. And then I sort of began to think, hey, this is fun. I says, now I'm going to jump on the glass. <laughs> and I sort of jumped like that. As you jump, it went, ee, ee, like that. <laughs> I thought, that is weird. But there has to be a bit of movement on the glass because if it just stayed like that, in the heat and the cold, it would, it was sort of, wouldn't expand and contract properly. So there had to be a bit more. But that was a bit weird. So I, I then sort of jumped some more, squeak, squeak. And, and then I got my son and said, Simon, come over here. Get on my shoulders. And I got, this, so I got him on my shoulders and we ran around in the glass together on his shoulders. And he was going, woo. And then, um, then I saw other people standing like that. Oh, I can't do it, I can't do it. And I, for some reason, I became now their tutor. And I got asked, come on, you can do it. Where you're standing now is, is not as strong as the glass. Millions of people will walk on this glass. You're going to be all right. Hold my hand. And so I, they, were, they were quite good-looking girls, actually. And, I was for some, so, and they hold my hand, and they walked on the glass. And, that was, and then I did it with another one, and another one. Di was there watching me. And, uh, and I was so enjoying it. And then I, I felt as if the Lord was saying, Roger, this is what I want you to do in the spirit, in the spiritual sense, helping more and more people step into the faith area of the Christian life, the supernatural area of the Christian life, you will enjoy it. Do you know, it was a ball. It was a great fun. Now, these words which we've had today, uh, quite a lot of them have been our encouragement to be bold, to put aside fear, to step out with Jesus, to do things that we haven't done before, that the Holy Spirit is coming, there's going to be blessing, there's going to be things poured out. And I believe God is helping us. I think we're on the edge of something that is going to push us a bit further on with God. No, I'm not, I don't want to over, over sort of say it and think, oh, he was on about that, but it never happened. But there is a sense of God encouraging us and pushing us. We want to step out, as it were, on the glass. So let's read this passage from uh, Joshua chapter 1. And if you haven't got it, it's up here. And I'll try and read it. These are, this is my Bible reading, and I'm in, in this, um, the book of jo- uh, Joshua. Um, actually, I've just come to the end of the book of Joshua, but there's encouragement here for us this morning, I believe. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people 
the Israelites across the um, Jordan River into the land I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north. Yes, it's still there. In the north. From the Euphrates River to, uh, in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. Including all the land of the Hittites. No one... Um, will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the ones who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors. I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them turning either to the right or to the left, then you will be successful in everything you do. Study the book of instruction continually. Meditate it. Uh, Meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Aren't they great words? This is encouragement, I believe, for us this morning. God wants us to have that heart. Now, I want to just tell you what I want to say. So that at least, you know, I can um, have a plan of action. And this is where I'm going. So this is what I want to encourage you. Number one. To be sure, to be certain, to be sure, and to have a confidence that God wants us to have this sureness. Secondly, to be instructed. It's all right to be instructed. A little later on this afternoon, I think you're going to do some turning training. You'll be instructed. And uh, God wants us to be people that get instructions so that we can carry it out. And then this, this last one. I did feel the Lord wanting to encourage us. Be successful. The Lord wants us to succeed. He doesn't want to just put a carrot in front of us and then just uh, failed again. You know, it's because of this, this, and this. And you need to bind and loose 101 spirits over this, that, and the other and do all this. He, he wants us to be successful. And as we move forward and take new ground, he wants us to be successful. The main, many of that picture on the right there is a picture of Joshua leading the people um, of Israel to their first sort of uh, battle against Jericho as they blew those trumpets there um, that on the last day the, the walls fell down so so there's a sense of God pushing forward breaking breaking strongholds breaking things that are in our way so God wants to do that so what stops us doing that what stops us what gets in the way these are scriptures. We're encouraged to walk with Jesus. We're encouraged to sort of take steps with him. So what stops us? Um, a little while ago, um, Di uh, came up with this idea. says, Roger, it's about time we learn to do some ballroom dancing together. We're sort of getting to the age where that sort of activity is sort of much more acceptable, and we need to do some 
ballroom dancing. It's not cool when you're young, but when you get, you know, my age, it's all right to do that. And so uh, she sort of, and then she did some research and she found out in the town hall, just a few yards across from where our building D2 is, they have dance lessons on a Thursday, and Thursday is our day off. So I had no excuses. I couldn't say, no, sorry, we can't, we're too busy any longer. It was a day off. It was only across the way. And it was at a time we could manage and everything. And so I've come up with this theory in the back of my head. Happy wife, happy life. (laughs) I will say yes to go do ballroom dancing. And I thought, previous times people had tried to you know, teach you quickly, and I'd always got the steps wrong and made a mess of it. Anyway, anyway, we went to this, these dance lessons, and actually I quite enjoyed it and sort of got on quite well. Um, and uh, uh, every now and again, they would have a, a social where you could do your sort of dancing. Now, Di, after a, a while of dancing, we were doing a practice, and she damaged her knee, so she couldn't go to dancing anymore. I have to say, she is dancing now. Her knee is getting healed, and we're dancing together again. But for a while, I had to decide, do I continue going to the dancing lessons, or do I now stop? Because dies, uh, and it's not appropriate for a pastor to dance with other women and, and, and like that. But, but I made the decision. I thought, no, no, I've started. I'm going to press on. And when you go to these dance lessons, you get one guy to about three ladies turning up, sometimes. Not always, but sometimes. And so there's lots of other ladies that you can dance with. And so I did. And, uh, um, and I've kept going. In fact, um, at, uh, um, uh, just before Christmas, I actually was awarded the uh, Best Beginners Strictly Trophy. Ah, that's not bad, is it? Yeah. And so anyway, so anyway, so they have these socials occasionally, and so I have to ask somebody, would you come to this social and dance with me? And so I went to this social, and um, and uh, no, I just need to tell you, that is not me, and that is not the girl I was dancing with. Um, but as I was uh, sort of doing a waltz and, uh, with this lady, who I don't dance with normally, she isn't my normal partner, I have got actually, well, I have to tell you all these things, this is a confession, I have got one girl that dances with me most weeks, Mandai isn't there. Um, she's, she's old enough to be my granddaughter. Isn't that sweet? She's just come 20. And uh, anyway, but on this occasion, there's another lady, and we were doing a sort of a waltz. I was doing quite well, doing my turns quite well. And then we got into the corner, and I just thought, are we getting in the corner now? Now I need to do my spin turn here. And I was about to do the spin turn, but there was a post sort of (laughs) near there, so I was was avoiding it, and and I got all messed up, and, and we had to stop. And she looked at me and said, you're a bit tentative, aren't you? And um, she's quite small, this lady. And then she says, have you got commitment issues? (laughs) And and I thought, okay. So next corner we came to, 
jump, swung out. Just gave her a little look. Uh, she sort of nodded. Better. That's a bit better. And, uh, but I felt God sort of speak to me afterwards. Do you know what? As brothers and sisters, and I'm saying this, we can get a bit tentative, can't we? God encourages us, he's, he's saying he's with us, and then we go all tentative, make all sorts of excuses, and we don't step out where he wants us to step out. We're all holding back. God doesn't want us like that. We need a mindset that says, surely I can do this. I can go with God. God is strong. He's our refuge. He's a safe place. In Psalm um, 62 and verse 5 to 8, it talks about he is my mighty rock. He's like the rock of Jill brought it. Folks, it's all right. Psalm 23 talks about... uh, Psalm 23, let's just get this little verse up here. It says, Surely goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. If we have a mindset, surely God's with us. We can do this. We can go with him. We can, we can know his strength. We won't be tentative. Joshua was encouraged, he says, by these words. I promise you... What I promised Moses, wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you. So we can be sure. It goes on. It says, this is my command. Be strong. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So I don't know what it is for you. What makes you tentative? Is it past disappointments? Is it... Um, you see, I think, I think he's here with us. Is it you've prayed for miracles to happen, but you didn't see them happen? Or is it that you've prayed away for stuff and you've still got unanswered prayers? And so you're tentative. You have a fear of failing. Do you know, one of the biggest things going on the streets uh, and doing the turning is that, for me to overcome, is that I'm quite tall, and some people say, Roger, you're a little bit intimidating at times. Oh, yeah, so I have a fear that people will be intimidated by me and sort of, you know, and, and will sort of, oh, I'm not speaking to you, you know, something. Um, the interesting thing is people do want to speak. We did, um, we did the turning training in Reading, and, um, and then I took a group of Polish. We had a group of Polish students with us, and we went over to High Wycombe, I did a little bit of sketchboard. I have this thing of doing sketchboard. I do it in various countries that I go to, Poland and uh, India and Nepal, places I've been doing, doing this sketchboard. And I, I've learned to do it for the streets. So I did one of my sketchboards in the streets with the students around, and we had five or six people listening to us. And then I said to the students, right, soon as we finish the sketchboard, start talking to the people there and do your turning training, asking them the questions. If you died... Uh, tonight, would you be sure that you would go straight to heaven? Without any shadow of doubt, would you go straight to heaven? And most people will say no, and then lead them through uh, the, the little conversation we've got. And um, So they went away, and they weren't, you know, they, they managed to talk to one or two people, and um, the guy who I'd been, who'd been watching us from the stall, he was, he was in the marketplace of the stall, he comes in and says, 
hey, what did you do on that board there? What, what was that story you were telling? So a wonderful thing. So I then talk him through the story of the prodigal son. And then I say to him, if you died tonight, would you be 100% sure without any shadow of doubt that you would go straight to him? He says, oh, I wouldn't be sure. He says, would you like to be sure? And he says, yes, please. And so I led him through. And you know, I didn't realize until I got to the end of the prayer, he was a Muslim guy. And uh, he said the prayer and he says, asked Jesus, he says, does that mean because I've asked Jesus like that, that I will go to him? And I says, if you have done it honestly and uh, in your heart, then the Bible assures you that you will go to be with him. He says, would it be right if I have your name and address so I can make contact? He says, okay, here's my telephone number. Here's my... And I phoned him since. had a conversation with him. And uh, so it's like there's this tentativeness in us, in us but and a fear of failure. But when we get out and do it, you have a few people that will engage. And so confidence being built. Are you, do you fear that you're going to be taken in by people and you'll be sort of you know, carried along and be doing something that's stupid and uh, not good? You see, there's all these obstacles. God doesn't want us to be tentative. A little while back, I um, got asked to go to um, uh, Marlowe and speak about healing to the uh, Sunday morning congregation. So here I go, I'm speaking away to the congregation and um, I'm going through my little sort of notes and everything and uh, I get to the end, it's a nice time, it was a good time, everybody was listening, some people even laughed occasionally and I got to the end and um, I went through my words of knowledge to the lady here, you've got uh, pain right at the base of your spine, I think it's called the coccyx and you're, you're on medication, I've had this medication now for two weeks, this is the picture I've got in my mind, and it's not clearing up, and you're mystified, it's not clearing up, God wants to heal you um, this morning, and um, uh, what, what we're going to do, if you're willing, we're going to put your legs together, sit you on a chair, put your legs together, measure your legs, and we're going to pray for you that the pain goes, and your back gets healed, things in your spine straighten out, and you'll see your legs grow as you get healed, anyway, um, this lady at the end came forward along with lots of other people were coming forward for prayer and um, uh, sat her down. I was with another girl who did the praying and she put her legs together and prayed and sure enough her legs grew and uh, the pain lifted off this lady. Anyway, a week later, um, uh, the pastor phoned me up and he says, oh, Roger, you would be very pleased because this lady in our congregation, she's a doctor and uh, uh, when you describe this pain in the coccyx, uh, this doctor, uh, who is actually the doctor who's in charge of caesarean sections uh, here, um, um, she realized that that was her. She couldn't get away from it. That described her condition. She said, this um, believer who comes to our church, she says, she's very cynical about any sort of healing prayer and all that stuff. She's, you know, as a medic, she's sort of, she can work out, well, it could be that and it could be that. Anyway, um, she uh, submitted to prayer. And she said, she stood up in the front of the congregation and says this, I am really sorry uh, for my cynicism because I have this very, very painful uh, area of my back right at the coccyx. And and, and I've been medicating um, 
myself for the last two weeks and there has been no change in my condition. So when that guy said that, uh, I immediately knew that was me and I had to get prayed for. He says, I was not expecting anything to happen. But immediately after the prayer, this warmth just came right down me and I, and I knew I was healed. And it says, uh, I stopped all the medication. I've just made sure over this week that it hasn't come back. It hasn't come back. She says, I'd like to say something. I'm not going to be as cynical as I was. I want to say sorry for that. And I'm going to be one of those involved in praying as well. Isn't that great? And I was just saying, there'll be folk here this morning. You will be cynical about going on the streets and praying a prayer that you're asked to pray and leading a person through. There are many people here this morning, you'll have tried prayer and for you, it didn't work. And you're probably saying in your, in your minds and hearts, do you know what? I'm not sure if I'm going to keep trying this prayer uh, stuff. Um, I want to encourage you this morning. This stuff is real stuff. It's part of the kingdom of God. Both healing, both bringing people through to new birth, both praying people. If we can push aside our cynicism and the stuff that gets in the way and break through, God is going to help us. See, I believe Father God wants to save lost people. He wants to heal people. He wants to set people free. He wants people in his family. He wants people to start a relationship with him by just going through a simple prayer. He wants them to start. Uh, He is with you, he says, and he is not only with you, he says, he follows you as well. You know, some people say, well, I don't feel God is with me. I don't feel I've been, you know, I've tried to ask God to lead me, and I'm not sure if I've got the right leadings. He says, don't worry, God's actually behind you as well. So even if you make a mistake, he's there to sort of sort it out afterwards. It's good, isn't it? You can't get away from him. He's with you, he's behind you, he's beside you, he's helping you. So you go out into the streets, he's behind you, he's in front of you, he's with you, he's there. He's, he's there with you all the time. When you pray for people, it's the same thing. If we can get it in our hearts, then we've, we've got it. Oh, did I say all that? Uh, okay. Um, it's good. Okay, so. Okay, sorry, I'm not brilliant at this. Okay, um, secondly, we've talked about being short. The other parts are smaller. Be instructed. So what's this about? You're saying that we just need to come and just learn more. No, I'm not saying that. I'm talking about um, what Joshua was encouraged to do there. It says, <clears throat> it says this. If I can get it quickly. It says this. Be strong and be very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study the book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. I believe this group of churches is a group of churches that are strong in the Word of God. We love the Word of God. We want the Word of God. We won't do anything that's, that hasn't got its base from the Scriptures. But there's more to being instructed than just studying, reading, meditating on the Word. 
There's something else which the Bible is very clear about. It's learning from another more mature believer or more mature leader or Christian and learning from them and being joined with them to, to go further than you've gone before. God wants more of this. He wants us to be instructed and helped and embrace instruction. Years ago, I worked on a pig farm. That's my background, agriculture. And I was working on a big pig farm uh, in Abingdon. Uh, the company I worked for was the Pig Improvement Company. Yep, that's what I did. It was my life, improving pigs by increasing their uh, um, uh, sort of breeding power to produce very lean, beautiful uh, eye muscle without any fat for the British housewife because that's what she wanted. So that's what we did. We, we bred pigs like that and we did all the testing so we select the very best. And that was, that was my life. And at that time, I was a young, youngish Christian wanting to go on with God. I'd been filled with the Holy Spirit, but I wasn't growing. And I went along, I found this church... Uh, it was called Cote Baptist Church. And I went along to Cote Baptist Church on my Yamaha 50 motorbike. Uh, I had very long hair. I had a beard. And because I would work with pigs occasionally, although I showered and everything else, I would still smell of pigs. Anyway, I went along to this church. And um, there was this preacher. He would preach, you know, about the kingdom of God and the stuff. And I thought, wow, this is good stuff. And uh, he, he had an authority about him, a, a light. And... Uh, his name was Steve Thomas. Anyway, I've I, I just been reading a book, and this book was called um, Disciple by Juan Carlos Ortiz. He was an um, Argentinian pastor. And, you know, as I read this book, I thought, this is me. I'm not grown. I've stayed, I've stayed immature as a believer after all these years. I need to grow, and I need to get someone who will sit down with me, teach me stuff, help me, and I can, I can do stuff with them and grow. And this guy, Steve Thomas, he's the right sort of guy. I like him. So at the end of this meeting, I went up to Steve Thomas and I, and I said, Steve, um, I've just been thinking about this, and it's all blitted out like this. Would you, would you disciple me? And he sort of looked at me. Um, and, um, and I said, well, let me explain. I've been reading this book, and... It's about getting alongside a more mature Christian and being helped and praying with them and, and sharing your life with them and then picking out stuff that they need to grow with. And, and um, would you do that for me? And um, I didn't know what Steve was thinking. He sort of gave me this sort of look. And uh, he says, I will think about that and pray about that. I will get back to you. Now, that is a leader's sort of response to sort of let them off the hook. And, and then usually the person, other person forgets. And won't come back to you. But I was back there next week. So, um, you know that question last week? Is, um, what, what about it? And he looked at me and said, um, okay, we'll give this a try. You share your life. And uh, we'll meet occasionally, once every two weeks. And I will try and give you things to encourage you. And let's see how it goes. How was the start of my discipleship? Here we are, 35 years later. I am still pastored by Steve Thomas. Do you know what? It worked. It worked so much that I became a pastor of a church. And I'm doing the same sort of stuff that he does. In fact, I get taken to India and all these other places with Steve Thomas. And he says, Roger, you do your stuff and I'll do mine. And uh, we've not only 
we had a discipleship relationship. We're also friends. How about that? That's good. And so I've been told off. I've been sat in his office with a finger going like that, put my head in shame. I've said things to him I should never have said, criticized when I should never have done it. And, but you know what? In the whole process, I have grown. I wish more people would see this wonderful thing that there is around here. And OCC is one of these churches that really puts it into practice and say, I want to be disciple. I want to grow as well. I want to see, like Joshua, who said to Moses, who was Moses' assistant, walk with him. And so when Moses came to the time when he died, Joshua could take it on and take it through and go into the land and inherit more of the land because Moses couldn't go into the land. So there is discipleship. Um, I'm losing my time. Let's, let's do the last one. Oh, I've forgotten all those things. Be willing to learn. Watch. Take to heart the things that are said and keep going. Keep doing it. God will bring about um, good things. And be the sort of people that want feedback. See, after I do this morning, I'll get feedback. I'll go to Simon. Simon, is this the sort of thing you wanted? He says, yes, Roger, but... And then I'll have the bats and I'll work on that for next time. Um, oh, yeah, I may not get invited back. But anyway, that's... Uh, anyway, so, you know, okay, let me just tell you the story. Give me a few more minutes. Uh, I, one of the things is you don't just get discipled from one person. That was the main person in my life. But there was another person I was really helped by. This guy was called Ian Andrews. Ian Andrews was a guy that moved in the supernatural and prayed for people and saw healing. Now, Ian Andrews, when, I, when he came to our, and did our whole group of stuff at our church, he had a particular way of praying. He would go like this. Lord, I just want to speak that your Holy Spirit would move. And stuff would go now from this person. And, and as he did that, the person would shake and, and, and oh, the eyes would light up. And you thought, wow, that's wonderful. Do you know what? I'm going I'm I'm to do a bit of that style of praying. So <laughs> I went to this. Um, have I got that wrong? I oh, go back. To, um, I went to um, this uh, uh, elderly people's meeting. Now, when you're in an elderly people's meeting and you want to get some words and knowledge for healing, do you know what? I have found this is a wonderful environment because if you go to students' meetings or young people's meetings, so, I feel there's someone here with a backache. Nobody's got a backache. <laughs> or else the student's not going to put up his hand in front of his friends to let you know that he's had backache for ages. Anyway, so but when you're at elderly people's meeting, <laughs> everybody's got something wrong with them. Everybody's got something that aches and is painful. Somebody even said, if it doesn't ache and it's not painful, you probably haven't got it. <laughs> so, and, and so yeah, I was in this environment. And so I had this, this word... That came to me, angina. Now, I thought angina was to do with hair loss. But it, it shows that my medical sort of understanding is not brilliant. And, and, then, and then I had a picture of a heart. I said, somebody here has some sort of difficulty with their heart. And this lady put her hand, hand out and says, I have angina, and that's in my heart. And she says, oh, good. She said, it's not good at all. It's very painful. And so, okay, I mean, good that we can, we can pray for you. So... I then get to the situation, um, uh, so, so I've uh, got another lady to put a hand 
on near heart for obvious reasons. And then I carefully put my hand in and thought, right, here comes this Ian Andrews type brain. <laughs> so, and I'd seen that this lady, she, her husband had died about four years previous. And she'd gone around in this sort of dark cloud. And I thought, I know what that is. That is like a spirit of death that's over her that needs to go. Right. And so here she, she was like this. Uh, head was up like that, you know, to the Lord. And so I pray this prayer in Jesus' name. I speak that this dark death thing will go now in the name of Jesus. And as I say that, sure enough, just like Ian Andrews, an immediate reaction. Oh, this lady lies in a chair. I haven't got a chair here. She's lying in a chair like this. And my major thing is, she's dead. <laughs> that prayer has killed her. And I thought, why didn't they tell us that this could happen? And, uh, but what you're taught to do as a leader, everything's going around you, everything's sort of happening around you, just look as if you're in control. Everything's all right. So I just... Stay there. And they were all sort of, we need to do something. This is all right. It's all right. And I was going, why didn't I do that first aid stuff there? I have no idea whether you do sort of uh, 10 pushes on the heart and then breathe into my mouth. What are we going to do? And, uh, and then, thankfully, this lady goes, oh, oh. Oh, I do feel better. And my immediate response was, yeah, so do I. And uh, anyway, a month later, this lady uh, came back to, to the group. She ventured back again. Oh, I just, did you remember me getting prayer last month? Because the jubilees happened every month. She said, oh, yeah, we remember. And this is a, I said, well, do you know what? That I went to the doctor. He says, I have very high blood pressure. My blood pressure has gone right, right down, and it's good. I have had no more pain of my heart. The doctor has given me an eye test as well, because my eyes were deteriorating because of my heart condition. She says, my eyesight has improved. And they all sort of applauded and clapped. Do you know what? Do you know, I realized something. God, oh, have I done that again? I'm sorry. Um, God wants us to have successes down the way. He, if we're faithful, and if we do it, if we step out and have a go, he will bring successes along. Listen, it doesn't happen all the time. I wish I could, if, if I was to tell you all my stories that haven't been a success, it would not bless you. But on the way, there were some wonderful things that happened, and the more we do it, the more they happen. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn uh, fr um, from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Church in Oxford, I think you've been praying. We want to grow. We want students to come in. We want to see the young and the old. We want to see kids being saved. We want to see us grow. Pray 
those prayers. Go on praying those prayers. Up those prayers because God wants you to be successful. He wants this place to be successful. He wants us to lead people through to the Lord and then to contact them afterwards and see. This is one lady. We went to uh, Chennai in India. They've been praying for this lady for nine years. She had this horrible shoulder that she couldn't lift. And so we were there in the morning. There's somebody here who's got a little pain on the shoulder. You can't lift your arm. I think you've had it for quite a long while. I think I got this figure nine. You might have had it for about nine years. If you come forward, you may get a bit of prayer. And God may do something this morning. Anyway, got her to put her arms around like this. Sure enough, different length arms. And I was just about to pray. And I thought, don't do that. What did get a young girl to pray? So I got a young girl. I said, could you come with me and just pray for this lady? We put our arms together and just prayed in Jesus' name. And she just say this after me. And she did exactly what I asked. She says, in Jesus' name, neck and shoulder be healed right now in Jesus' name. Not very hard, is it? And she prayed that prayer. And as she watched, her arm grew like that. And then this lady started crying. And then this lady started lifting her arm. She lifted it <clears throat> right up into the air. And she cried even more. And then all of his friends started gathering around, and they started crying. I said, what's going on? You don't get that in our churches. And they said, I said well, and they said, oh, you don't understand. We've been praying for this for nine years. And, he says, and she's been in depression for nine years. And she just said, all the depression has come off her as you prayed. I said, I didn't pray. This young girl prayed. And she said, and I, and she said that's a picture of me last year when, when I back, went back. Do you like her smile? I like selfies. And I, you see, you can't, you, can't, you can't get, you can't go around, click, click, click. I'll show everybody it does work sometimes. It, you can't do that. But I was determined this time as you get back um, because so lovely, so lovely. You see, God wants us to succeed. This guy, this guy, um, uh, um, he got contacted on the streets. We had a day in Henley, I think something like 25 younger students and people, because our building is right outside the way they travel to college. Um, uh, and at lunch break at about 12 o'clock, hundreds of students passed our doors, and, and uh, we prayed, uh, not me, somebody else prayed for this guy, and he came to the Lord, and do you want to be contacted? Yeah. And uh, so one of our guys has been contacting him. That was back in September. This last week, Easter Day, was his first time in church. And he loved it. That's some fruit. Now you think, oh, what about all the other work? Listen, pe- people, people distributed all over the area. Many of these students don't live anywhere near Henley. And, but God is bringing some. Oh, this little lady. This is, this is we went, um, this is two weeks ago. Um, we went and did this Easter little service. Him singing communion and some songs. And these old ladies have got Easter bonnets. And, you know, after a little while of us sort of playing our piano and lifting our hands and, and worship, this lady, 100-year-old lady, she gets carried away as we're singing. They asked us to sing all things bright and beautiful. <laughs> and we were all things. Here she is. She just got lost in it. And you could feel the presence of the Holy Spirit in the room. And this lady, a hundred years old, finding Jesus. Isn't it wonderful? Success. Success there is. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness 
of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for it. Be strong. Take heart and wait for the Lord. Could I encourage you, people of God, take some steps forward. Don't worry about all the difficulties, all the failures, all the wrong things we can do. Take some steps for him. Walk with him. He will reward us. He will help us. I've got a few words of knowledge. Better do this. Somebody with a left wrist. Do you know what? I think most of us have left wrists. Your left wrist has been going through a lot of pain and difficulty and be able to move it properly. God wants to heal it. He wants to do something. If somebody here, you have an infection and it is in your bones. There's some bone infection you've been struggling with and this infection has gone to your bone and you're worried about it. Uh, you've taken good medical advice but the Holy Spirit's here because Jesus wants to touch you and heal you and bring about a change. There's somebody here, you have horrible... Whenever you swallow, you have some sort of throat pain and difficulty. And it's like, this has gone on for ages and ages. You've, again, you've gone to medics and they've tried to sort some stuff. God wants to do something with your throat and put something right in your throat and heal it. And you've also, with it, you've got a soreness of throat. There's another person here, you've had this skin rash, a horrible, itchy skin rash that's come. And you know it's to do with being anxious. You've had anxiety problems, and now you've got this skin rash with it. God wants to heal that, and he wants to bring something of the peace into your life where the anxiety lifts off, and your skin condition is going to go as a result. These are just a few, all. I I felt as if there were seven. You know, we went on about those backs getting healed. There's seven people here with some quite severe back pain that God wants to touch and bring some healing. So we'd love to pray. There's also somebody here this morning. You've been listening to all this stuff. And you thought, I'm going to try this Jesus. You've never actually said the prayer of inviting Jesus into your life. And saying sorry for the wrong stuff you've done. But this morning, there's an opportunity to do it. I think this person, I haven't talked to anybody. You've been brought with friends. Friends brought you along. They encouraged you to come. And you've been listening. You thought, no way, no way. And I felt the Lord say, he wants you to test him. And see what he will do if you will pray the prayer. So why don't you have courage, whoever you are, to come up with your friends. Say, take me up there. And pray this prayer with someone to invite Jesus into your life. It will make all the difference. Thank you for listening. Thank you for forgiving me for going on longer than I should have. But there will be prayer at the end, I believe. Yes, there will.